Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Quarantine. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick apology that the podcast was so late this week. Unfortunately, my Wi-Fi decided that it'd be a fun idea not to work on the day that we recorded, and so most of the audio from the recording sounded like this. Adding to that, though, is they said the governor of Michigan has closed down garden and the yellow parts stores now i can't understand what maddie is saying most of the time but this week was especially bad so i've been sitting in a darkened room for most of the week trying to edit it apologies if there are still a few blips we promise that next week's episode will not only be on time but will also be a lot easier on the ears than this one let's get on with the show then Americans are protesting stay-at-home orders, and now even some business owners are defying the government, promising to reopen as early as today. The Prime Minister will make a statement on Sunday on his plans to ease the lockdown, measures that he says will come into force the next day. The mortality rate for this is less than the flu. It's been proven. The, the, the test that they're using, it has an 80% false positive. This virus has never been proven to exist. Germany has announced plans to get restaurants, shops and also professional football back up and running. Elon Musk and singer Grimes welcome their first child together. And he may have the most unique celebrity baby name ever. X-A-A-12 Musk. Hello! Welcome to Quarantine, the podcast, or our attempt at a podcast, where me, Maddie, and me, Felix, discuss life under lockdown. Today on the show, we take a look at the ways lockdown could end, as well as all the places that have decided to reopen already. We delve into the strange phenomenon that is the Zoom quiz, and we discuss the weird and sometimes not so wonderful ways that protesters in America and the UK are responding to the virus. First off, how are you, Fel? I'm okay. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little bit scarred, if I'm honest. Um, still. Scarred. By a certain um, X Factor runner-up from about 2030. Um, oh, okay. Lovely Oli Mers. Have you seen this? I, I I have seen this. I've seen, yeah, go on and I'll... And did you regret it? <laughs> I actually found it quite amusing, along with <laughs> everything else he's been doing on TikTok. I thought it was quite funny. So for anyone that doesn't know, I'm sorry I have to say this, but Oli Mers decided that it would be a funny TikTok if he cut the bottom off of a Pringles tube and, again, I don't know how to say this, put his willy in it and then <laughs> and then asked his girlfriend to um to take a Pringle. And obviously, oh. I won't, I'll leave out to the imagination what happened. Um, I just, just think we're suffering enough, Oli. No one needs to see that. <laughs> it's the kind of lockdown prank. I just love I liked it. I thought it was funny. I, and he's playing loads of pranks on his girlfriend. We yeah. see the rest of them. They've had a bit of um backlash about some of them. I don't really... I think it's fine, and I'm sure there was consent for it and everything. True. I didn't really think about that, but yeah. I just think, like, the only point I agree with against it, really, is that there are, like, 13-year-olds on TikTok, and that's not really the sort of message. I don't know. It, I, I just found it weird. I was like, Ollie, I didn't want to see that. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. But you don't see no, it. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's, that's okay. That's, it could be anything. Exactly. You don't know, exactly. actually know what was in that prince tube, to be fair. He sort of plays himself, though, because she reaches quite far down into that tube, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I wanted to tell you about something that 
I did yesterday. And I don't know if it's tragic. <laughs> um, so, you know, have you heard of Harry Potter at home? I thought you were going to say then, have you heard of Harry Potter? And I was, I was about to turn off the FaceTime. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, Felix. <laughs> but no, I have not heard of Harry Potter at home. So it's, it's something that's been set up to help along with all the other great things that are happening to help it's ball in quarantine and it's celebrity reading the harry potter books oh no way and i was i was looking at my harry potter books recently oh, maybe i should do them again like it's the perfect time to read something so magical and like mm. you know just something completely different to what's going on take my mind off um and then i saw that and so <laughs> i put the recording on on my earphones and read along <laughs> I mean, why not? Surely, because it's about the same speed if they're reading aloud. Yeah, it's it's a bit slower. It's like, you know, an English class when you would... Yeah. Like, but when it was like a good read, not when it was that really annoying kid just <laughs> read to help, help, help him read better. It wasn't like I that. I used to do voices and stuff, I think, on mine. Really? I used to, I wasn't even paying attention. I used to just work out which paragraph I'd be doing by counting ahead. And then I'd work out like what... And if there was a rude word, that was the best because you got to say it out loud. <laughs> But who was reading the first one? So, Dana Radcliffe, so I was just going to say, it's actually hilarious, because you'd think the star of the show, maybe, coming in on the first chapter is great, but <laughs> I don't know if it was sound effects added after to give atmosphere, <laughs> but you, at moments, all you could hear was a car going past, or traffic, really? or really, like, there was this atmospheric noise in the background, and you just think, you think he has, like, good recording systems at least or got them brought in for it uh, but no it sounds like he's using his earphones and because you hear all the traffic outside it's so funny you probably have the same problems we did today honestly <laughs> it's really funny i just thought i was so amusing that even harry potter can't have <laughs> so you know what if he can't have it neither can we <laughs> exactly exactly oh that sounds really good how do you access that so listen to our podcast first but then hop on over to harry potter at home okay and it's all free. It is free, which I think is great. And they have a site, actually, Harry Potter, which I haven't been on, but it has, like, magic spells and things to do. <laughs> you can become an 11-year-old again. You can. Did you see um, all the celebs dressing up as if they were going to the Met Gala, even though the Met I Gala did. is not taking place? Because <laughs> it was so sad. It was meant to be on Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. So sad. I saw quite a few good ones, but my favourite bit was the trend of people who weren't even celebrities just recreating the outfit. <laughs> that was the best bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. Someone recreated um, Cardi B's outfit. Yes, I saw that. So good. Yeah, and she had like a toilet roll as a clutch bag. And so just brilliant stuff. But some of the tweets were really funny. Because um, I remember last year when Cardi B dressed up, I tweeted that she looked like a red blood cell because she did. She and did. She really did. <laughs> it's just funny to relive all of that. It is, but it's also that one day where we're allowed to judge celebrities on their outfits and not feel bad about doing it or the exactly. whole world is doing it exactly. at the same time. Because what was the what was the theme last year? It was like looking. It was like it was camp. 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 It was because I remember yeah. <laughs> some of them get a bit of stick, um, which I'm not sure is warranted. But Car I remember Carly Kloss tweeted looking camp right in the eye with her like a picture of her looking in a little mirror. And then she came out on the red carpet, like just a pl really plain gold dress. I was like, oh. But then on the other hand, there's people like Jared Leto. Did you see that? And he had the, the waxwork of his face. Oh, yeah, In yeah, his yeah, hand. Yeah. yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. And like Harry Styles' was really good last year as well. Just, it's such, it's so entertaining going on Instagram next day and just seeing all yeah. the, um, the outfits. But talking of celebrities dressing up, did you see the picture that Adele released? I the other did. Day? How amazing. Absolutely insane. 
Um, she looks great. She really has come back on that revenge body, divorce body. Yeah. <laughs> and there was that whole thing with her with Skepta as well. I don't know if that's still going on. Weird. I didn't have a clue what that was going on. Now you told me about that and I still don't <laughs> know what's going on. I don't think anyone does, actually. And then um, finally, we've got to talk a little bit about Elon Musk and what he's named. Poor, poor. Ba- well, I say poor, not poor in that sense. But... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not poor. But what the hell is that about? Like what? What's he thinking? I've got it written down here. Don't Hashtag XAEA12. Has anyone figured out what it means yet? No. I don't think we ever will. I quite like it because maybe he's just trying to set down like a lockdown puzzle for everyone. Maybe. Surely he's not. Surely not. Because surely Grimes would be like, no, we're, we're not. We're not doing that. I just, she seems sensible, but he... Yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, um, when you can't name your password after your child, so you name your child after your password or something. <laughs> yeah, I saw those like that, like... Um... Elon Musk really gave his son the Wi-Fi password name. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be fine. He's got a lot of money. So on Sunday, Boris Johnson is meant to unveil a roadmap on how we come out of lockdown, right? Yes, actually the biggest TV moment since I don't even know. I can't think of anything. Royal Wedding. I I find it quite funny how I, I do get quite excited for his his little broadcast. I used to watch them every day, but now it's just when there's an exciting one, I'm like, oh, can't wait. Honestly, I can't. I just check the BBC News app updates after it's happened, but I think I will be watching this one. Because he's doing, apparently by law, he has to do an announcement tonight because it's Thursday with on the three-week right. renewal thing. Um, oh, so he has, right, yes. But I think all he's probably going to say tonight is wait until <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> but they've said that the message to stay at home is expected to be scrapped, which really sort of alarmed me. Surely not, because lifting restricting restrictions that quickly is just going to explode everybody. I know. I was actually reading about that, and someone said lifting the restrictions now would be akin to just someone deciding that their parachute was doing such a great job that they should take it off halfway down, yeah. which I thought was quite accurate. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I've, I, I've been thinking about this, and I thought, poten- I don't know, potentially some of the early mistakes they've made might have been forgiven by some people but i think if they fuck it up now then that is that's gonna seriously imagine the, like if pubs reopen can you imagine surely not surely not well the the, the owner of weatherspoons is planning to open <laughs> yeah i was thinking about that can you the swarms i know be like like oh my god be like the london marathon yeah yeah well at least people will be getting exercise i guess but i what i saw that was really interesting was um sort of regarding this there was a theory from the University of Edinburgh, I think, actually, that said we should actually lift the restrictions more significantly for young people. So almost back to the level that we were, as long as we can significantly control the risk to people who are more vulnerable. Why is that then? Just for uni or? So well, they were talking about the balance of the ills that come when you have lockdown. So the rise in domestic violence, economic downturn, um, and talking about finding a balance, considering that the death rate is so low in young people. But I wondered what you thought right. about that because I don't know. I thought it was really strange to sort of, yeah, throw it away. It's interesting because they're planning on opening primary schools first, right? I think so, to support the parents. Yes, and I think they're, well, they're, I've seen something that it, they might open them on June the 1st. And I understand with young children, and there was something quite sweet about them being able to hug their grandparents again. Um, but I think it's tricky because really, should the older kids go back first? Because they're the ones... That it's gonna. I know young children need to have 
they're developing education, but really the older kids are whose qualifications and proper movements through school are it's affecting. Well, I think it's also in terms of getting people back to work. If you're, say you've got a 13 year old kid, you might be able to leave them at home. But if you've got like a six year old, I guess, I guess you can't. I do see that. But I think that's, again, a little bit of government just thinking about, I know it's an economic crisis. And of course, that's serious for everyone. But really thinking of the livelihoods of like, poor secondary school kids you know what I mean yeah yeah and it becomes a bit money-based I also think what's the point of sending people back for a month I don't really they've all said goodbye all the year sixes have said their goodbyes anyway just I don't really see the point of that um my brother's girlfriend is a primary school teacher and she was like I'm gonna go back for one month and then I'm gonna come back for one month and then be off again but but then it's also like is it worth just having that last bit before summer because otherwise I would have had however many months off before September which is mental yeah it's been about six months I think or it will have been by the time September comes I had six weeks (laughs) (laughs) I think quite a lot of kids now are just saying I actually really want to be back in school I'm so bored but obviously Boris Johnson said um, it's not going to be the case of flicking a switch which I think is obvious obviously we're not just going to go back to normal but then Keir Starmer came back and said even if we don't lift lockdown for a while, we just need to have a plan. We all need to know what's going to be going on. Um, I've got a little clip of him. Uh, we've been calling on the government for some time to set out what we've called an exit strategy. It looks like they're going to do so at the weekend. Um, and I think that just as there was um, pretty well consensus going into lockdown, uh, we should try to get a consensus coming out because I sense that people are really worried about lifting of lockdown they're really worried about going back to work. They need a high level of reassurance. Um, and that's why if we can have a national consensus, I think that will give a degree of confidence. Because it's more the unknown, isn't it? It's not knowing which makes people extremely uncomfortable. Well, exactly, yeah. And I think that's with everything. Everything that happens, as long as we just are aware of what's happening, I feel like it seems exactly. less scary. And I think also that might reduce the... Um... The sort of conspiracy theories which we're going to talk about later if people know what's happening it just seems very endless at the moment but interestingly um jersey have announced their exit strategy which obviously is much easier because it's tiny so what they're it's four stages um so the t- top stage is current lockdown and then the stay-at-home order will be lifted and then more businesses are allowed to open and finally private gatherings are allowed but with strict social distancing and that made me think surely we're all going to be doing this social distancing thing for a long, long time. And that's what I think people are talking about when they talk about the new normal. Yeah, but that terrifies me because I was I was kind of imagining what would happen when we do come out of lockdown. And obviously we're still going to have to social distance and it just seems terrifying that I can't see you. Like, I can't see my friends and I can't... And I can maybe see you from... But I can't hug you and I can't... You know, it's just such it's a really weird. scary thought. And I'm sure we'll get back to it eventually, but... And coming up with uni as well. We spoke a bit about this last week, but just thinking that... It's been, like, I know it's so ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's not Parents, that's not why we went to uni. But the clubs <laughs> and stuff, like, what the hell is going to happen there? Yeah, and just every, every part of life, really. Like, how, how long are we going to be having to queue outside the shop for two metres apart? Surely yeah. years. Oh, God, don't say that. That really that <laughs> makes me feel sick. Do you know what I mean? But um, talking of shops reopening, quite a few this week have decided they've had enough of the lockdown and they're just going to open anyway. So McDonald's. I, yeah, I that, that made me very happy. <laughs> I mean, happy in a way, but also like no one needs McDonald's. I mean, maybe I do need McDonald's. I think but... it's less of a case of needing it and just making people happy at this point. Yeah. Like delivery and like, 
Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just like a, those simple. I'm, I'm easy to please. What can I say? But yeah, having just, just a like map. a. Auto. Do you know what I mean? Just having that delivered is so exciting now. Like. But then you you pose the risk of are people going to go to these places to get food, but actually to meet up with people, and also. Oh yes. Yeah, I'm enough. just honestly not sure if anyone working for McDonald's will consider cheering people up with a Big Mac like worth the risk. Yeah, but I, aren't they putting in all provisions for it and things? Yes, they are. They are. I think they're doing similar to what places like Brett have done and things like that. It's all that balance though, isn't it? It is. It is. I was thinking about this the other day because I was going to order, I had a lot of work to do that morning and I was. I said if I get up early I'm going to order some breakfast and a nice coffee because I haven't had a coffee for like seven weeks, a proper coffee and if anyone knows me, oh. I have one every day. I was going to say, coffee <laughs> has like become an extension of my own arm now. My I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but I just thought, I, I was about to press order, I had everything in the basket and I was like, actually, and I'm not trying to say, oh, aren't I so brilliant here? But I was like, that's not worth the risk to me, having to sit you out of the You are very good cup. with all of this, though. I, I have to say you are a lot better than me because I, I have been getting delivery. I've been sanitising everything when I get it. Yeah. Obviously, all the outside, but I have just to give myself, just to keep myself sane. And whether, I know that's yeah. selfish, but I am the only person in my flat, so I yeah. only affect myself. But for you, you have your whole family to think about. Yeah, and it, it, exactly. And you could you could have the argument that you're supporting the local economy by doing that, and I'm not. And there's there's so many. It's all about the balance, I think. It's true, and I am quite careful where I pick from. So I will, because everyone went a bit crazy on not supporting Chinese restaurants, and they were suffering because it's um yeah because of where the virus came from allegedly um yeah. it's that people were being very nasty and i i did order from a chinese restaurant and i'm not saying i'm fucking saving the day here but yeah. i probably wouldn't actually order from mcdonald's because i want to support independence rather than a big chain that's 100 percent gonna survive well that's the other thing i thought as well yeah because i was i was ordering from a big chain and i just thought they don't need the money it's not like they're a, a business and i'm sure actually it's probably if i'm really desperate for a coffee it's probably better to go into one of the coffee shops that are still open when i yeah. go to the shop or when i go for a walk and just because then yeah. i can i guess as well i was just really paranoid about i don't it's so weird i was really paranoid about like the lid of the coffee and sipping through that and thinking surely someone's touched this and like you just don't know where it's been if they've sneezed before touching it that's a thing working at prep before all of this that's a thing i became very conscious of when i would put on coffee lids because my hands are always clean i'm a germaphobe mm. and my hands are always clean but when you buy your coffee you don't know you don't know where their hands have been and that's in general that doesn't it's not just a coronavirus exclusive thing people no, exactly. are always touching other shit and always have disease and always have illnesses yeah. and obviously it's heightened a lot now but this again another thing that's going to change is that hopefully people are just going to be more hygienic and more exactly aware i know you can't like scrap your whole life and not get coffees but i do think it's something that is around all the time there's always potential to get disease it's just a lot on much higher level now well it's like in mcdonald's they make all the food i didn't realize this and actually interestingly this is really weird this is the level of board miles that i was i watched a documentary about like the sa- there's like one sandwich factory in britain where they make the sandwiches every every shop like Sainsbury's no all the meal deal sandwiches they make the sandwiches with their bare hands yeah and surely something's going to slip through the cracks like surely someone's not going to wash their hands one day and it just made me really made me think I think because it's that is terrifying yes and the Pret obviously use um use their hands but I think it's more safe than say external things getting in the food so with gloves yeah. and like you have plastic it's um 
I think it's easier for them to just wash their hands and use their hands. Yeah, no. Exactly. But I so agree. It's made me so. I'm germaphobe anyway, so it's just heightened that to a new extreme. But what do you think about um, hairdressers? Because in Germany, they're relaxing their coronavirus quarantine rules anyway, but their hairdressers are coming back. And I obviously I'm dying for a haircut, but for well, me, it's not an essential. I think for me, it's getting to the stage where it almost isn't essential. <laughs> um, <laughs> True. Looking at you right now, I might have to say it is. <laughs> It's just sort of the combination, I think, of it being really long and also my failed attempt to give myself highlights, which has sort of dyed it ginger. Um, <laughs> Why did you do that? I think you owe an explanation to not only me, but everyone listening. <laughs> it cost me £10 as well to do it. So I, I just don't know. I really don't know. I thought I was bored. I'm nowhere near as bored as I am. Yeah, fair enough. At least, at least we don't have video on the podcast. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. I love you. Um, but salons in Germany <laughs> are now opening for the first time since lockdown has started but there's no so there's no waiting area no magazines no dry cuts so the hair has to be wet and face masks for both the customer and the hairdresser then i don't think there's any way you can argue that a haircut is essential even if your hair was around your ankles you could cut it at home yeah exactly and there's no need to have it professionally done but <sighs> there's also a 1.5 meter distance between the customers and ideally no blow dry, because I suppose that blows around all sorts of things. And they have to wear gloves. And <laughs> they can't do their, <laughs> that classic hairdresser chat that um, no, we all that's, hate. I guess that's <laughs> a good thing. Where did you go on your holidays? Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> My house. It's so painful. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I quite like it. I think once you get past the sort of, neither of us want to be having this conversation idea, then... yeah. It's, it's true, it's true. <laughs> yeah, there's no talking face-to-face -face at all, but a hairdresser was saying something I read, that the mask string will get in the way of cutting layers or cutting hair near the ears. I was thinking that. Unless they produce a mask that sticks on the face, they don't know how it's going to work. Sure, surely, yeah, your mask goes over your ears, and then mm. you've got your sideburns and also the bit, I don't know what the bit around your ears is called, but that bit there. I think it's a lot easier for women's hair, but I yeah. think I think with women it's more of a vanity thing than a necessity because I think with men it gets very uncomfortable growing past the ears, but we're so used to having longish hair anyway. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say men are women, but people who have shorter hair, it's probably more difficult than those like me who have longer hair. Well, I know my hair at the moment is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Mostly because whenever I do a, a FaceTime with someone, they say, your hair looks ridiculous, Felix. But <laughs> Yeah, maybe your trip to the hairdresser's is essential yeah maybe i'll just fly to germany <laughs> so just another thing about um the mcdonald's is reopening have you seen how they've opened 15 shops and three of them are in chelmsford what? it's just so weird it's so weird like why is chelmsford the epicenter of of mcdonald's in the uk i'm lucky because one of them is really close to me in tooting um, that's so strange but i saw a tweet that was like <laughs> you won chelmsford Enjoy the McDonald's. I hope it makes you very happy. You know, from the Come Dine With Me um, clip. No, I don't know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was really funny. Oh, uh, that's, that's so amusing. What the hell? How? No reasoning, I'm assuming. I presume no reasoning. I think they just do what they want. But then none really in the north. They're all in the south and three in Chelmsford, so. Yeah, when I had a look, because I was expecting it to be like, King's Road, blah, 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 blah. and yeah. it wasn't. It's places I've never even heard of. Yeah, it's really weird. I guess they've chosen them. I don't know. There must be reasoning behind it. Maybe I should get it delivered to you and then from you to me. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I can stick it in an Uber to you. <laughs> I don't think it'll actually make it to the Uber though, will it? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it depends if I've had one that day as well. 
You're listening to Quarantine. Coming up, we discuss the weird and not so wonderful ways that people in the US and the UK are protesting the virus. So one company that I thought must be sort of rubbing their hands with glee at the crisis <laughs> is yeah. Zoom. I don't know who owns mm. Zoom, but um, I didn't know what Zoom was before this all kicked off. I don't know no. if many people did. No, I don't think anyone did. And it's strange that people have come to that instead of Skype or just I know. any other platform. I think it's because I don't know if you can share your screen on Skype, but that's become quite an important thing. But um, yes, I'm sure, that's surely true. you can. And you can have so many people on Zoom. Like when I, because I upgraded for my family because we wanted longer than 40 minutes, obviously, when we're having yeah. our Friday night parties. <laughs> but it was like up to like a thousand people or something ridiculous. Then how do you see them all? I think it's more for like lectures. So you just watch oh, okay. one person and everyone's say muted and then you just watch. But imagine what that looks like. Imagine if you could get it all in one screen, just tiny. Just all the little <laughs> thumbnails. It'd be so weird. It'd be so Could do so, so many cool like Mexican waves things. Yeah. But about the um about the forty minute thing, it's a bit of an enigma because firstly, surely their business model's not ideal if you can just restart another one two seconds later. But secondly, they've been giving unlimited meetings away about half the time I've done them. Yes, it started doing it that for me. I did get the pro anyway, but it did start doing that. It started just going on yeah. no matter what. But the the 40 minutes did actually start off as a good thing because it meant that I could just yeah. <laughs> hop on out the family group chat a little bit earlier because after a while it gets a bit stale anyway, doesn't it? And you're sometimes like, I really, I kind of want to leave now, but... You can't be rude. And you can't cut into conversation. It's very... Yeah. I was on a big Zoom and one of the girls um, obviously wanted to leave and had enough. And just, we were all chatting. And she just cut into conversation like, sorry guys, my laptop's going to die and I'm stranded in the kitchen. Sorry, bye. <laughs> just That's left. the thing. And obviously it wasn't dying. Or you do the cheeky pretend to freeze where you just stay yes. really still. And then <laughs> I've got quite good at that. But also I think the thing is when you're chatting with maybe 10, even 10 people you can't really hear each other and you can't really make a point because someone else will be about to say something and if you want to say something you just have to go for it and it's almost like yeah. the loudest person wins yeah it's a bit of a mission but it does work like i use it with my drama group and it's so it's so good because like i was telling you we're even doing like improv over yeah. zoom and it's such a strange atmosphere but we've also had like special guests come in so it's given us even more maybe opportunities than we would have before yeah and i, I was thinking this i wonder if surely the phenomenon of the zoom quiz is going to continue after lockdown maybe if you're at uni your your friends from home people that you can't see very often because it's such a good idea i'm surprised no one did that before and now everyone yeah. is doing them it's just a more communication thing isn't it like i've been reaching out to a lot of old friends i haven't spoken to in a while just because you do, you yeah. have the time to do it and you have the time to chat to people. And uh, yeah, hopefully. I think, I mean, we FaceTime all the time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we FaceTime enough, Felix. <laughs> frankly, I think I'll stop FaceTime. Yeah, no, no Zoom there. needed there. But I've, I've definitely been more social than I was before. Yeah. Well, um, I think I'm more just more nurturing with the relationships, if you yeah, want Yeah, yeah. You have to put the effort in a bit more. Yeah, which is nice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But there are a few ways in which Zoom can go wrong. Um, oh, <laughs> I've yeah. been reading an article about, have you heard of the, the phenomenon of Zoom bombing? I haven't. Which is when me. you hack someone else's Zoom. So there's a high school TikToker in America who's been asking other students for their code to their like school classes. Oh, okay, and they've yeah. been crashing their classes. So <gasps> if the student says like the teacher's rude or racist or something, she gets like 60 other students to crash the class at once. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's so weird. It's That's so kind weird. of a good idea. It kind of keeps you on your toes. And another thing I thought I should just say, you know those private messages you've been sending on Zoom when yeah. you're in a big meeting? Not so private. They can be seen by the host at the end in the Zoom transcript. So I saw Stop. a tweet by a girl who had just got a job somewhere and she was sending like jokey messages to her friend <gasps> and she got an email like, you really shouldn't be doing that. <gasps> yeah, because I didn't know amazing. that. That's amazing. That's so funny. Not for the people yeah. that... <laughs> that is rude oh my god that's because everyone chats a bit of shit sometimes everyone chats shit about the host sometimes yeah. <laughs> me and my brother do it on our family group chat but luckily yeah. i am the always the host <laughs> just being like oh that shirt's not very nice or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i would be saying that looking at the shirt you've got on now Phil. oh I, I really liked it but... <laughs> no i'm kidding you look great <laughs> adding on that though did you see um the story about david benson pope no the new zealand counselor so no, he was on, on he's a new zealand counselor and he was on a zoom meeting <laughs> and he hadn't realized he'd left his camera on during the first adjournment they called it of the God. meeting and he was, he'd got up to do a bit of dusting of the bookcases. <laughs> and he was only not wearing trousers. <laughs> he was wearing a suit jacket and shirt and everything and just pants. <laughs> so everyone saw it? <laughs> everyone saw it. And there's oh, a picture no. of it. I'll put the the picture in the, the show notes. But it's so funny. It's just him dusting in his, in his boxes and suit jacket and Surely everything. Surely switch it off. He didn't realise he left the camera on in the first bit. But there actually have been times where I've been on, say, FaceTime to you and um, I've got up and then forgotten and then been like, oh, oh. <laughs> You can still see me because I've nearly, I don't know, like, like taking my shirt off to put a new one on or something. You're like, yeah. oh, hang on, no, you can't do that. And I remember you the first time we, we used the podcast software. I remember I left it on and you could hear me like singing to myself. Yes, my on Clean Feed, we hung up and I could, I could still hear you on the podcast software singing along to your music. I was like, oh, how long do I let this go on for? I could really be mean and listen to it for the rest of the day until he notices. But I thought, you know what? Yeah, I just felt, I felt really like, I just felt like I was cheating you. Like I yeah. felt horrible. It was funny at first. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. In case something really bad happened, it would just be too awkward to even laugh about. <laughs> Hope I didn't reveal any of my darkest secrets over yeah, here. You didn't. I... <laughs> So he said it wasn't intentional, and but added he was delighted to have amused colleagues and viewers. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's not like he got naked or anything. It's, it's quite funny. No. But did you see um, what Josh Peters did on YouTube? So he pretended to be a producer of The Late Late Show with James Corden. And he said, oh, we're recording it over Zoom at the moment. Um, and he got loads of clips of James Corden speaking that he'd edited, loads of him asking loads of questions. And he got, so he got Craig David, Molly May and Tommy from Love Island. And then to top it all off, a, f- a few other people as well. And then to top it all off, Carol Baskin gave her first interview and only interview she's ever <sighs> given after Tiger King to Josh Peters pretending to be James Corden on The Late Late Show and they had a blank screen and it was just when you listen to it back you're like obviously that's not James Corden speaking because there's only a certain amount of reaction you can do to yeah that's what I was thinking how the hell do they adapt to every situation but it was so it was so funny because she's just sat there and it's quite sad in a way because you think well she's given her first ever interview um and it's all fake but it's really really funny the one i felt quite sorry for was craig david because he gave a whole performance (laughs) oh um, bless he was oh this is going to cheer everyone up and it's like well it is craig but not in the way you think it was really really funny i'll put the link to that in the show notes as well so as well as it bringing fun to us at home and everything it's actually being used for social moments yeah it's uh apparently being used in the commons the house of commons at the moment 
And I just, the reason I included this is because I thought it was funny the way they were talking about it. They said it improved the Prime Minister's questions because they said there was no pointless ceremony, no facile insults and no baying mob of former public school boys. Very true, very true. But did you see that Boris Johnson tweeted a picture of him doing his first Zoom meeting and he put the meeting code on Twitter? Um, <laughs> it was after oh it happened, God. but still you'd think you wouldn't tweet that. I'm sure he had a lot on his mind. That's so funny. Trust Boris to do something like that. But yeah, people have been using it in really innovative ways. Yeah, and apparently it's, um, well, I guess it can be encouraging for people with disabilities or women with children to become MPs, right? Yeah, no, exactly, definitely. So on an even darker note, um, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm always bringing this horrible kinds of things to it, but <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about it. And just because it's, it's really devastating, but quite interesting. And mm. I obviously don't mean any disrespect to the families when I say any of this at all. It's just purely to tell people about it. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw this, but there was actually a sentencing to death of a Nigerian driver over a Zoom court proceeding. So they did the court over Zoom? Yeah. Surely that's not. But you would just think something as serious as that would be held off. Well, exactly. And if maybe they could they could have sentenced him to imprison for a bit, but not death, surely. Yeah, so um, the judge um, sentenced him to death by hanging for the murder of his employer's mother. So, so it's just like, if that was me, you'd want, I think you'd want the respect of a proper trial. And it, maybe it is a proper trial, but there's just, there's definitely something off about that because I think so much of it as well is reading people's body. When you're cross-examining someone, reading their body language and reading... Getting a sense of who they are, is, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but I just think it's not just not fair on Mr. Hamid. I'm going to call him. Imagine finding out you're going to die of, of, of a Zoom, and I know that's becoming our new normal. But I just don't think like human rights groups are going crazy about it because it's so inhumane. Yeah. It was really cruel. And I mean, if that's the punishment in Nigeria, then there's a certain argument that we shouldn't interfere with that. But it's just the way it's been carried out is really. It's Weird. true, it is inhumane. It doesn't sit right. Yeah, I, I actually had a look on, so it's a, it's a Twitter page. I'll put the handle in the show notes, it's, like I said. But it's at Transparence, yeah. big I, big T, N, G. And they actually have those for UK and everywhere pretty much. And it's all about like tackling corruption. Yeah. So it's just quite interesting. I thought horrible and incredibly dark. And it's probably not what people need right now. But I thought it needed to be said, it needed to be known. Yeah. Something to think about, definitely. Exactly. And if that's the way things are going, then will that become the new normal? Exactly. Who knows? You're listening to Quarantine. Okay, so coming back to what we said earlier about hairdressers opening and haircuts, etc. Mm. Um, people in America have been pretty upset with Chicago's mayor because they feel she's being a hypocrite by justifying an illicit haircut on the grounds that she is in the public eye. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and this is apparently an excuse for all the interesting anti-lockdown protests that have been happening. Yes, over interesting the is definitely the right word. Um, I saw this. I saw this, and there were something like two thousand people outside the White House. Yeah, in Washington. Yeah, large protests. It's crazy. It's more what I was when I was looking into it. They're annoyed that they can't get their money in, but it's just everyone's everyone's suffering. The whole economy's suffering, you know. But they were like screaming diaper face to masked mm. health workers in Oregon. Sheriffs are even reforcing and um, refusing to enforce stay-at-home order in Arizona. Like mm. 
I apparently the unemployment claims reached twenty two million. Yeah, I saw that, and it doesn't help when I know he's he's backtracked on this now. But when Donald Trump is sort of supporting going against stay at home orders in different states, I think that was where quite a lot of it stemmed from. But interestingly, I read an article which said quite a lot of it is about the sort of pride of being able to work, and that's what makes you fundamentally American is being able to work and earn money. And it's not that necessarily, and this is in some cases it is that they don't have money. But it's also that they can't work yeah. and their work is part of their personality almost. In the same way that it is here. I The thing is, it's difficult because it becomes very selfish, I think. Because not only is it affecting them getting it, but it's also just a, a huge knockdown effect on other people. Mm, and it only prolongs the lockdown for others and for them as well. Well, because... exactly. But Trump was actually joining in with this. Did you see that tweeting, liberate Virginia, liberate Michigan? Yeah, and it's just, there's no coherence at all because you can't enforce a message on, and I don't know actually if he isn't, I think now he's sort of come to his senses or has been forced to come to his senses and mm. is enforcing it. Yeah, well, Facebook are taking down the event listing for all anti-lockdown protests in really? California, Nebraska and New Jersey at the moment. But then it poses an interesting question of, and one of my friends was speaking about this earlier. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree, but if you don't have the right to assemble, then what is your process if there is something you, you genuinely disagree with? I'm not sure. And I'm not really sure where I stand on that. Mm, it's tricky, isn't it? Again, it's just like that balance. I know it's <laughs> not quite as simple as our McDonald's debate, but it's it's finding that balance, isn't it, between yeah. everything. And it's so hard. I, I'm glad I'm not in any form of power. Not that I would be. But, but what I found interesting as well, is the difference between, because there have been some protests in London and the UK, is the difference between protests in America and the ones in London, because the ones in London seem far yes. more concerned with sort of tyranny. And it comes back to what we were talking about in episode one with the 5G conspiracy theories. It's much more based on conspiracy yeah. and tyranny here. Um, and the protesters have been getting up for some some really strange stuff. Here is a clip of a very innovative strategy that some protesters had on the banks of the River Thames last week. Have someone save lives! Have someone save lives! I almost side with the American protesters more because I just think, and if you watch, I'm not going to play clips of all of them, but if you watch these videos, it's just, it's hysterical. People screaming, they're trying to kill us. And it just, we've we've spoken about this before. It It's a contradiction when you think about it. They're not trying, I, yeah. it's just, what I'm trying to say is I understand the American point of view. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but this I just completely don't understand. And there's another clip that I've got. Um, this is what um, a woman had to say when asked what would happen if the lockdown continued. I think we will be living in a far worse dystopian version of Nazi Germany. Insanity. It's just crazy because, well, firstly, people have sort of taken the piss and said, well, Nazi Germany was dystopian enough. You can't get much more dystopian than that. <laughs> but I just, it really baffles me because I just don't understand where these ideas are coming from at all. I would, I'd be really interested to know. And at least with the American protesters, you sort of get it. It's quite rare, isn't it, that America seem more, more rational than the UK? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think the, other, the only other thing is the scale. I mean, there was a funny article I just saw literally just now. Someone tweeted, um, it was a, a far right political pundit in the UK who said, the lockdown is breaking down, it's not going to last. And someone tweeted back to him a news article that said, 
one person attends lockdown protest in Birmingham or somewhere. And but but when you have two thousand people attending, it's it's a lot more serious. Yeah, that that's true. That's very true. But apparently, one of Trump's advisors said, I, I don't know if he tweeted this, but he compared all these freedom fighters, as they prefer to be called, than the virus deniers term. I think that's more popularly used. Yeah. Um, so they were so ridiculously compared to a modern day Rosa Parks. Mm. It's very uncomfortable, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's ghastly. Just the fact that they also call, you know, members of Congress call her the first lady of civil rights and the mother of the freedom movement. And then one of Trump's advisors goes ahead and says that. It's just, yeah, uncomfortable is the word for it. But it also brings up an interesting point. And actually, this was in the same article that I was reading, which was basically an anthropologist, um, analyzing the behaviors of these people and it said he noted the sort of whiteness of the protesters and of the movement and also the whiteness of the people that are in the interests of the protesters and the people that they're trying to protect yes it was a huge um, sort of white privilege i saw as well yeah because if i mean even if you look at the demographic of the protesters say in washington it's pretty obvious to see um and i find that really interesting but i think that I'm, i'm not desperately qualified to speak on that matter but I think that certainly anthropologists and social scientists will be studying this for a long time to come yeah and I was thinking about that in my own kind of personal way when I, um, I've got I had a letter sent to me from my grandma because we we're writing to each other at the moment um, and on the front it has a happy 100th birthday Captain Thomas Moore mm. stamp on it one of them and morning. I was quite happy I was quite happy that I managed to get one of those to keep and then I was suddenly had a flash of thinking about bringing that out and showing my kids and saying oh this is what happened in the coronavirus pandemic and there was a vet- veteran mm. that raised all this money and just like telling the story which gave me the creeps to think of being that old but yeah <laughs> interesting I was even thinking in terms of like this podcast and I think that's another slight reason why we're doing it as well to sort of document the time and I think lots of people are coming yeah. up with really interesting ways to do that exactly and it's so different because we'll be able to look back on it and people will be able to relate to that because it's just us talking into our computers kind yeah. of thing but with the war and etc we can't really there's not as much stuff like that to just listen to and yeah and see what it was like yeah and I think obviously it's not as horrible and terrifying and tragic um but it's kind of our little version of that kind of thing it's just a way of life if you know what I mean and just like I always think how like I kind of asked my grandma because she was alive in the second world war how did you just get on with it you know again it's much easier for us now but we've just had to accept it it's a way of life and kind of get on with it as well and that's the thing it's irritating that some of these people that we talking about before haven't been able to do that yeah strange isn't it such a different world You're listening to Quarantine and we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at quarantine, email us using quarantinetheoutlook.com or even send us a voice note using the Anchor podcast app. How futuristic. So speaking of people creating more, um, we have also been consuming more, I think, because we've had so much time at home. Um, And this week we have been watching Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. Series one, um, we haven't got onto series two yet, but I'm sure it will be fantastic. I've So I've seen Afterlife before a couple of times, um, but Maddie, it was your first first round. How did you find it? <laughs> I lost my Afterlife virginity. It was, everyone's chatting about it, is why I say that. Like, it's such a huge thing that everyone's talking about. I loved it. I 
I love most of the stuff he does, as you well know, Fel. Yeah. But I think like his humanity and whenever he's on a podcast, I'm the first to listen to it. I think he's hilarious. But I was quite scared to watch him in such a sad way, you know? Yeah, you know that's I mean? the like, thing. Just, that's the thing. It felt a little strange, but now I've done it. I'm so glad I did. It's great. What did you... Um, Is there anything you noticed differently in the second time watching it, do you think? Yeah, I think you always notice different things when you watch something again. There was one moment that which we both noticed, um, because we've been again we've been watching it on Netflix Party where you can chat along live, and we're watching it at the same time. We both said that was one of the best pieces of acting I've ever seen from Ricky Gervais, and it was yeah. such a small moment. I can't remember what mm-hmm. he said, but it was the, one of the most sincere things I've ever seen. Um, yeah. well, it was something like I'm in pain or something is yeah. all he said and you could just you could tell it came from a place of real he'd really been there if that makes sense mm. I was listening to something where he was talking about afterlife and speaking on that he says he just tries to make it as close as he can to real life and I mm. think he, he does that really well and I know you love um, the actress too Ashley Jensen yes who played Maggie in Extras. Yes, we love, we both love Extras, don't we? Yeah. We watched it, we haven't watched it together though. I think we've never acknowledged that we both love it so much. No, I did, I found, I was ill one time and I found it and watched it all in like three days. It's just brilliant. <laughs> but we both love Ashley Jensen and she does that obscenely well. Yeah. Like, it's intimidating how well she just takes on a new character, don't you think? And it's so understated with her as well. Um, I said to you, and I'm not sure this actually makes sense when I say it out loud. It seems like if you said to Ashley Jensen after she'd done a scene, that was really good. She'd say, oh, no, uh, it wasn't. It was just, and I I really like that. There's a lot of humility there. Yeah, and I think you kind of know why they're friends when you look at it like that. Because Ricky Gervais, he's obviously a comedian, so he's a little bit, he's a little bit egotistical. But I think genuinely he's quite self aware yeah like definitely when you listen to him on podcasts he's very i mean i'm sure you've watched some interviews with him right um i so recently i watched an interview with him on graham norton which is slightly false because i think he was trying to put on a sort of show to advertise his live streams which he was doing every day i'm not sure if he's doing them anymore but yeah you certainly get i think with all comedians you get a sense of self-awareness but it goes one step further if that makes sense yes exactly but he was saying kind of adding on his rawness that he just wants to be more honest and he just keeps everything he does he just tries to be more honest and he says he never lies and then he went well I only lie when it's okay to and he went on to say yeah. that when he doesn't want to go to that christening that he's just been invited to he'll maybe exaggerate the truth a bit and say yeah. he's actually feeding the homeless at the orphanage on that Sunday or something you know like, yeah. <laughs> and he's that's different, but he just wants to be very raw. Um, and he, you should hear him speak. I love the way he talks about life. He really relishes the fact that it's finite and we should just take it by the hand. Oh, I just, I love listening to the <laughs> podcast, as you know. I think he's got a really good sense of character and sense of people. And I think that really comes through in the character of Tony as well. And I think it's almost like if you had Ricky and Tony on a convey belt, they're getting closer and closer and closer together. And it's almost as if it is just Ricky yeah. Gervais, but it's not. But it, they're very similar. Interesting. Yes, I so agree with that. And he said he had to make Tony this sympathetic character because really, he said, not everything Tony does is right. And I know you've definitely called him an arsehole 
or maybe yeah. something worse that I won't say a couple of times <laughs> on Netflix party chat, um, which is fair enough. But you accept that because he's hurt and you know he's depressed. And I know that's why I keep coming back to you when you say those words. Um, yeah. But he said he's so interested in that ambiguity of morality because it's real and it's human at the end of the day. And it is such an interesting point. Like, where do you draw the line when he threatens the little kid with a hammer in the playground? Is that excusable? Is it not? You, there's no right answer, but it's really, really interesting. See where you maybe get annoyed at Tony and use those words against him. I kind of get this, which is an, a classic comedy bit and why it's funny that I live vicariously through him. And yeah. think, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I could just say that? Like, I, yeah. sometimes I do. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I do, but we would never just tell someone like he tells the lady in the office you're boring like, yeah brilliant like you just yeah. wish you could sometimes say something like that so quickly speaking of podcasts anyway <laughs> he and a podcast that he is on quite a lot well not a lot he's been on a couple of times and he's he now knows the host is a huge admirer of him yeah do you know jackmate's happy hour yes i have some interesting views about jackmate but we won't get into them now <laughs> <laughs> you do you do we should just say when we're talking about podcasts, obviously they all come, we're going to be recommending a few podcasts. They all come second to this. You need to listen to this oh, first. <laughs> of course, always. I mean, yeah, ours is on top of all of these on the charts anyway. Quarantine is all you really need. But these are just if you've got more time. Exactly. <laughs> so Happy Hour is a comedy podcast with Jack Mate, Stevie White and Robbie Knox now. It used to have Judy Rhino on there or just Judy as he is. Um on YouTube but they've shortened it down they do two podcasts a week which is it's pretty impressive well, knowing how much goes into this one <laughs> <laughs> so true isn't it you learn what a mission it is especially yeah. over zoom uh, but he was actually worried recently that the quality was dipping and the comedy isn't the same so Felix if we're doing this well over zoom can you imagine what we like if we're in the same room together wow we'd probably just kill each other but <laughs> it's so true we end up having our argument our classic argument about jack mate and why <laughs> you maybe don't like him but i being far away from you and speaking to you through my phone i will say i love him i think i just i like a kind of person this is how it is and jack mate does exactly that it's the same as ricky gervais really exactly and i think i think jack mate obviously imitates him a little bit because he admires him so much and he's had Ricky Gervais on the podcast and KSI or like example yeah and Ace Gallagher um and he does a lot of urban legends free stories but it's mainly a comedy podcast and he's if anyone doesn't know him he's the guy that did the Zoella calendar YouTube video yeah so he this is something that I do agree with Jack oh. mate on when Zoella released a 50 pound advent calendar that I think had a bottle of lotion a packet of glitter and a birthday card in it or something and a pen yeah and a, a fluffy thing for your key ring he completely slated that and quite right mm, that's how I first found him that's how quite a lot of people found him I think yeah um mm, what have you been listening to though so I have a few podcasts to recommend actually the first is a very interesting podcast which has been going for a long time and I think she's written a book about it now called how to fail with Elizabeth Day and I like how yes. whenever she mentions the name of the podcast the with Elizabeth Day is part of it so she uh, she introduces it. She's speaking it. in third person. Yeah, she she says, "Welcome to How to Fail with Elizabeth Day." <laughs> it's just maybe we should start doing that. Maybe we should. Welcome to quarantine with Maddie and Felix. But I I respect that she obviously puts a lot of work into it and wants to be connected to it. So fair you enough. You know what? Good for her. <laughs> but that aside, it is a fantastic concept. Basically, each week she has 
a guest on, normally a celebrity, who talks about three of their failures. And this could be a failure to get a job or sometimes it's a more loose sense of a failure. So one of the most interesting ones, and I can't actually remember who it was with because on my 17 hour trip back from a ski trip on the coach, I listened to 17 episodes of this and they've all blurred into one. Um, But one of one of the failures was a failure of contraception. So her child being born yeah wow. was a, not a failure at all but yeah I was gonna say I'm sure the child isn't gonna be too happy about that <laughs> but another podcast which I really enjoyed the first series of um and I'll talk about why in a second is called The Dream and I know I recommended this to you and you didn't like it you as did. much. I was just confused because I think I needed to start it from the beginning um and give it more of a chance but yes yeah. Teach me. So the dream talks about MLMs, which are multi-level marketing schemes and pyramid schemes. Um, and I agree, it's a bit of a slow start. And it's quite long as well. The episodes are quite long and there's a lot of episodes in the series. And I feel it's one of those things where they could cover everything they cover in about an hour, but they really flesh it out. But you know what I did? I just, because on most podcasts, it's about something different each week. And that's mm. why podcast is so good. Um, <laughs> it's like quarantine is the best. I clicked on the most recent one and it seems to be like a... Um, oh, you need to watch it in order. No, yeah, you definitely have to watch it in order. Oh, okay, right, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, that might. I would give it another go from from the start. I just find I've always found pyramid schemes and MLMs really, really interesting. Not so much in the UK. The only one I can think of in the UK is sort of Avon, and even Avon is reasonably okay because they have. I think they have things in place which protect the people working for them but some of the pyramid schemes in america are, are cutthroat you know you sign up on the premise that you're starting your own business and you're going to make loads of money but they'll tell people to take out loans to pay for stock which they then can't sell and it's all because it is obviously a pyramid so the people above you are still trying to make money through you um it's so, i just i find this kind of confusing and like you said we don't have it in the uk and the only place i've really seen it is is a bit it's always a bit in comedy sketches like yeah there's always that one person that's silly enough to sign up to a pyramid scheme or something yeah i've never known really what it is no it's, it's really really interesting and actually recently i've seen there's been a pyramid scheme that's been going around instagram the book swap thing where you send off a book and you get 36 books back and i since yes. i've listened to the dream you realize well if everyone's sending one book where are the other 35 books coming from obviously it's not sustainable and it just so it baffles silly. me that people can't realize that yeah but it's kind of showed how easy it is to trick someone into that. And what the dream goes into really well, and this is again why it's so detailed and so long, is the sort of evangelism of these companies and the the propaganda that they use. And it's almost, I'm not sure this is true, it's almost as if the bosses of the companies genuinely believe in what they're doing and they're not just trying to screw people over. It's really, really it's interesting. strange, isn't it? It's all, yeah, weird. Very weird. So I have um, another podcast suggestion. Go for it. It may or may not, again, include Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it didn't at this rate. <laughs> this podcast is just my shine to Ricky, honestly. I think. <laughs> um, Ricky, if you're listening, come on the pod. Come on quarantine. <laughs> Can you imagine if we got Ricky Gervais? Stop. Don't even... Stop. I can't even get like my local celeb on. Don't, <laughs> don't put my expectations that high. So, Fern Cotton hosts one called Happy Place. They're both Happy Hour and Happy Place. I've got two... Happy's in there. Just a very happy person. I love this podcast. This is another one that I was listening to on the bus back. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, Ricky Gervais was on that, and that's 
the only reason I listen because <laughs> <laughs> I just search Ricky Gervais and see what podcasts come up quite honestly and it's mainly him just talking about afterlife um but it's I quite like I didn't realize I liked Fern Cotton's voice as much as I do I was just about to say doesn't Fern Cotton have the best voice in the world it's just so listenable too because am i right in remembering that it was holly willoughby and fern cotton they were kind of like some like a duo they kind of always came together yeah on celebrity juice and then before that fern cotton did a lot of radio one stuff which she quit actually to raise her children which she talks about in her episode of how to fail which i was talking about earlier um okay interesting but happy place is just it's so honest and so open yeah, and it did feel like I was in the room with when I was listening because they kind of say, oh, I can see you. Like, that's another thing about having it over Zoom is people are just like in their PJs. In the exactly. PJs like and they say that and you see, you feel a bit more relaxed with it and it feels less formal. Yeah. So, Maddie, what music have you been listening to this week? Yeah, so I found this kind of tricky because, and again, not that new. You're way better at listening to new music than me. <laughs> um, but it's this year new. It's 2020 new. Um, Tom Mish's new album, What Kind of Music, is the album. And my favourite song, which I mentioned earlier, was on um, the DJ's playlist. Oh, yeah. It's called Lift Off. <laughs> again giving myself a pronunciation issue here her name is erica badu and the song is apple tree good stuff so my current track is very recently released i was thinking i love this band seagulls and i was going to see them in the summer at um truck festival which hasn't actually been cancelled yet but i think oh, yes. we're all we're all expecting that to happen because i don't see how it can take place <laughs> in july um and i was thinking oh i'm really going to miss seeing seagulls this year because i've seen them the past couple of years and they're really really good and i go on spotify and there's a new song in the in the playlist and no. it's so weird so um i haven't stopped listening to this really since then it's called do you really want to know And then my rediscovered track is an absolute classic by Justin Timberlake, Senorita. Um, I heard this on the radio. I was just opening the blind. The sun came in. The intro to this is a tune. And I was like, oh, this is really good. What is this? Is this new? And it wasn't. It was just Justin Timberlake, Senorita. But I thought <laughs> I will say that in the podcast as my rediscovered track this week. Mama, Justin Timberlake song it feels like a throwback song doesn't it no matter how new it is it just feels like a throwback he's got that classic style certainly Maddie we have forgotten to talk about theatre can you believe oh my god so (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we almost forgot to mention this it was a huge part of my week waking (laughs) up with extreme tooth pain at 6am and continuing to watch Frankenstein at 6am as any normal person does right because I texted you about eight I thought I'd got up really early and you were like, oh, yeah, yes. I've been up since six watching Frankenstein. And I was like, well, it's not it's not that good, is it? <laughs> you thought you had a one-up on me that day, didn't you? You thought because you were the first one to text, you were first up. <laughs> not today, not then. Um, <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, but I, I thought it was great. They obviously, it was Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller from Trainspotting. Yes, and it's the national production, we should say. Yes, sorry, it is National Theatre Live, continuing to doing the great things they are doing. And one of them plays um, Victor Frankenstein, and one of them plays the Creature, and they swap over. Mm. Luckily, I watched the Johnny Lee Miller one first, because I think plenty of people would have watched watched benefit cumberbatch yeah but i didn't even know about it and it wasn't until you mentioned it because your auntie watched it is that right yes so the thing that made me realize and you said this as well is it says the title says frankenstein with benedict cumberbatch as the creature and you think why are they emphasizing that so much and then you realize that there's actually two versions (laughs) when you said it because you said oh which who was the creature and a couple people asked me who was the creature and i was like why is everyone asking me that and (laughs) trust me to do something like that so, uh, so talking about the National Theatre, we should probably mention that the next lineup of plays that are going to be released in the National Theatre at Home service have come out today. Um, and they're really, really exciting. I'm really looking forward to them. So the first one is something that I never saw. Um, Barbershop Chronicles by Anua Alams, um, which is meant to exciting. be fantastic. 21st of May is Streetcar Named Desire with Gillian Anderson from uh, The Young Vic, which is obviously a classic. 28th of May is This House, which is a political play by James Graham, who directed Quiz, which was on ITV a couple of weeks ago. So, Fel, tell me something that made you smile this week. So, mine is quite recent, actually. I think it only appeared maybe yesterday, and it is The Mysterious Banksy, who is... One of my three holes that I fall down regularly on the internet, the other two being North Korea and Cardi B. I can spend, <laughs> honestly, hours researching any of the three. Is there any um, common... No no common ground between them. They just absolutely fascinate me. So yesterday I spent about seven hours watching North Korea documentaries on YouTube. Um, and I will spend at least an hour a day just... I call it investigating Cardi B, but really it's just... <laughs> But anyway, back to the to the task at hand. So Banksy has delivered a new artwork to Southampton General Hospital, um, which is probably not a great thing to talk about on the podcast because you can't see it. But it's a little boy um, in really cute dungarees with a superhero doll. But the superhero doll is a nurse wearing a mask. And then there's a bin with Batman and Spider-Man in it. So it's like he's replaced his hero. It's a little bit cliched, but... It's really, really sweet. Um, here is a clip of the staff reacting to the Banksy. When you're walking around and everything's so clinical and to see a beautiful picture like this, it just, it, like you say, it warms the heart to know that someone's done this for us in the hospital. Um, it's just beautiful. Um, so the painting will, will remain at the hospital until the autumn when it'll be auctioned to raise money for the NHS. So it's sort of a double-edged thing, which is really, really nice. And the artist left a note for the hospital workers that said, thanks for all you're doing. I hope this brightens up the place a bit, even if it's only black and white. So I thought that was really, really sweet. But Maddie, what has made you smile this week? Okay, once again, mine is not as cute as yours. (laughs) Every time I feel like I'm either bringing it down or just um, not quite coming up to the expectations. (laughs) But (laughs) something that it did make me smile and I'm kind of hoping it happens to us too. That Belgians have been urged to eat their national dish of fritz twice a week to reduce the potato mountain that is oh. built up as a result of orders being cancelled. Could there be a better mountain than a mountain of potatoes? That's brilliant. No. Well, if they want to ship some over here. <laughs> but it can just come to my flat, to my front door, quite honestly. Yeah, I'll clear the mountain. <laughs> Nothing better than being forced to eat chips. <laughs> I have to stop myself eating chips. 
So that's it then. The end of another week of listening to us ramble on for a whole hour. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for doing so and for getting in touch as well. And if you haven't got in touch yet, you still can. Tweet us at quarantine or email us using quarantine at outlook.com. Or even send us a voice note using the Anchor Podcast app and we'll play it out in the next show. Until then, stay safe and stay at home. Unless Boris tells us not to, of course. Bye.